This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. If you have ever considered launching any kind of fashion product, this will be the episode for you. And even if you haven't, I think you're going to find it really, really fascinating. So today we're speaking to Michelle Ramsey. Michelle helps people that are new to the fashion industry launch and grow successful fashion brands. And she does this through professional design and expert mentoring. So as you'll hear, Michelle has lots of experience in the fashion industry. Um, She's going to talk to us about who can create a fashion brand, um, how to get started, what the steps are, um, just so, so much fascinating, useful advice. Um, so as I say, if you're looking to launch a fashion product, this is an episode you absolutely need to listen to. And even if not, I do think you'll find Michelle's experience and her story and her advice really, really useful. So I'm now going to introduce you to Michelle. So I'm so delighted to have Michelle on the podcast today. We haven't actually spoken to a fashion expert before and fashion products are ones that I personally, you know, don't know too much about. And so I'm so pleased we have Michelle here to share her knowledge and expertise with us. So welcome, Michelle. Hi, Vicky. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So could we start by you please just giving a little introduction to yourself and perhaps a bit about your background and and how you came to be doing uh, what it is that you're doing now? Yeah, definitely. So um, I've been in the fashion industry now for about 20 years. Um, In the last seven, I've been working for myself and specialising in working with people that are not from the fashion industry, helping them um, launch their fashion brands. So um, previous to this, I kind of always worked in design. Um, I was a multi-product designer, so I was very fortunate to be able to work with lots and lots of different products across menswear, womenswear, children's wear, etc. Um, work for lots of high street names, um, Arcadia Group um, being one of them. And then I also worked in supply for a little bit. So um, working third party for, again, lots of high street companies. And then, yeah, I just kind of took the risk one day. I'd always thought about branching out on my own and working for myself and um, gave it a go. And I've never looked back since. Oh, that's amazing. And so now you work with people who want to create their own fashion brand. Is that right? I do. Yeah. And um, generally, it's people that are not from the fashion industry. So people that are completely new to it, maybe they have an amazing idea for a fashion brand or a fashion product that they want to launch, but they're just really unsure where to start. They have that passion, but maybe not the practical skills. 
Yeah, thank you for that. And that's it sounds very similar to, to what I do for um, brands that are looking to launch other kinds of products. So fashion isn't something that I generally help people with because that's an area I know little about. But yeah, it sounds sort of very similar, sort of helping people through the process, really holding their hand yeah. through it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I think a good place to start, because um, I'm sure this is a question on people's minds is, do you need to know about fashion to launch a fashion brand? You know, do, do you have to have worked in fashion or retail or do you need design skills or do you not need any of those backgrounds? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you do have some um, experience, then it's beneficial, but it's definitely not necessary and um like I say most of the people that I work with I would say probably 95% of clients that I work with don't have any previous previous experience and also they're not often from you know creative backgrounds so they are often a little bit worried that they can't draw or you know they're not from that sort of general um traditional creative background etc but no I think um as long as you've got that passion and that willingness to learn and um, you've also got that sort of entrepreneurial side to you. I think that's much more important than your previous experience, for sure. Okay, thank you. So do you help people with this, the business side as well, as well as the actual sort of design and production side? Um, yeah, I do to a certain extent. So I'm not a, a business, you know, um, pro in that sense but yeah I kind of take people through things like you know how to price your products correctly so you're actually creating a product that sells but you're going to make some profit on that and so we'll also look at things like funding and you know um, business plans and um, also how to market your product once you've got that um, product um, in-house so to speak what are you going to do next how are you going to sell that product and make it into a profitable business. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. So it sounds like, yeah, you really do the whole end to end. And it's so interesting to hear that you don't actually need any experience to do this as well, because I'm sure that for lots of people, that's a that's a barrier that they feel like I don't have the experience. Therefore, who am I to do this? So it's it's really reassuring to hear you say that. Yeah. And I think sometimes that is a barrier that does stop people, you know, because one of the things that I hear a lot is um, when people do eventually sort of take that leap of faith as it were you know people say I wish I'd done this years ago but I think that sort of idea of you must have relevant experience can often be a barrier that people put in their own way um but yeah I mean there's lots of people out there people like myself and 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 you Vicky that can sort of step in and help bridge that gap where people have um you know a lack of knowledge yeah absolutely I think I think that's the key thing is just having someone to help you through it I, I believe the yeah. same as you that we're all capable of it whatever your background it's just sometimes knowing <laughs> where to start and what to do in what order um definitely so, I mean with that in mind would you mind actually taking us through an overview of what the steps are if you're creating a fashion brand so we obviously we don't need to go into like we can go out we can go into as much detail as you'd like but it would just be really interesting to know what the stages are um because I'll, I'll be honest I don't have a clue and I think that would be that'd be really interesting to start there if that's okay yeah definitely um I think um yeah, so I think um, there's sort of three main areas, really, um, and I sort of categorise that into plan, um, design and um, the actual launch. So I think um, the plan area is something that's really worth talking about because it's actually the initial steps that a lot of people overlook. 
So things like um, doing, you know, lots of research on your ideal customer who you're going to sell to and doing some research on your competitors and also thinking about how you're going to place yourself within the marketplace, how you're going to price your products, etc. So the prepare stage is really, really important. And uh, people always have this sort of want to kind of rush straight ahead to that design stage, you know, um, so taking some time to you know, take a step back and think about these pre um, preparation stages is really key. Also, thinking about things like, you know, registering your brand name, thinking about your logos, um, thinking about your brand values, all of these things are going to be um, points that you're going to really build upon in the sort of next stages. So um, thinking about this is, is really, really key. And then also having to think about things like which season you're going to want to launch in. You know, is there any kind of research that you need to do about that? Thinking about trends um, and also having a good think about, you know, writing a design brief if you're going to use um, a designer. So that's another thing. Again, not just sort of jumping straight ahead into um, the design stage. So um, the sort of realisation stage of, OK, you've got all of your ideas, you've done your research, how are you going to start getting this out there? So that's the point that really you need to start thinking about um, getting your designs done, but getting them done in a, a format that a factory can understand. So if you're wanting to launch a fashion brand, it's really, really important that your products are put into what are known as factory packs, sometimes called tech packs. And that really consists of cards, which are um, professional fashion drawings of your garments, and um, all of the technical info. So how is the factory going to put this product together for you? And, um, you know, what kind of seams might it have? What kind of fabrics are you going to be using? If there's logos or anything like that, what, what are they? Are they embroidered? Are they prints? And then also thinking about things like your sizing specifications. So, you know, how how big is everything going to be? So everything is sort of drilled down into lots and lots of detail. And that's what your factory or your manufacturer is going to want to see from you. So that's a real key stage in this sort of implementation. Um, also, is it all right if I just stop you there, Michelle? I've just got a few questions. Yeah. Is that okay? You while we're here. So yeah. how that sounds like it definitely. It sounds like an awful lot of information. And so is this something, um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is how, how do you know all of this? So how would you know as someone sort of, you know, you, you want to create something and you've got this idea for, for yeah. a brand and some products. How how would you know how it needs to be constructed and what fabric is best and how to size it? Because um, as you were talking, I had all these questions. I was thinking, oh, I wouldn't know how, you know, what is, <laughs> you know, if, if we're talking women's sizing, I wouldn't know what a size 12 was, for example, you know, measurements. Yeah. And I wouldn't know what, yeah I, I wouldn't know much at all to be honest how yeah. how, do, how do you know all of this so I think the so the the factory pack stage I would definitely recommend that that's something that you should try and at least work with or alongside a professional because it's not just about things like how the drawing looks you know it's all of the things that you've just touched upon so all of that technical information about fabrics and it does take you know a long time to learn all of this information so um some people do try and go about it themselves often unsuccessfully um, so a lot of it is about doing research um, again, looking at sort of competitive um, 
you know, products that are out there, what are other people doing in terms of fabrications, etc. But knowing what to ask for is, is key. And unfortunately, that is one of the things that sort of comes through experience. So um, if you're thinking about, you know, where to spend your budget, it's definitely worthwhile working with a designer that can guide you through some of that and answer those questions for you. So when I work with my clients, what we tend to do is look at maybe samples of something else that's similar out there on the market and then I can help advise them, you know, what kind of fabrics they might want to look into using or, um, you know, things like if it's something specific that they're having designed, you know, how is that going to work in production? And then being able to sort of speak that language as well so the manufacturer can understand exactly what you're you're looking for and understand that and translate that into a sample. So it's quite a skilled area and um, often one which I think most people would probably need a helping hand with. That makes sense. And thank you so much for answering that. Um, and I'm assuming so a designer can actually help you put the tech pack together, can they? Is that something that they would do yeah. on your behalf with your input? Definitely. So you would give them your raw ideas and you would speak to them and then they would essentially translate all of that into um, everything that the factory needs and they would fill in those blanks in terms of the technical side of things. Oh, perfect thank you and I'm so sorry to cut you off when you were in mid-flow before but no, I thought this was okay. this was something it, it, in the back of my mind I thought oh, I really need to know this <laughs> because it, it was getting a bit um yeah it, it can seem overwhelming can't it all the things that you have to know but that's yeah. really, but no I think just knowing that there are people that can help you with this I think will really put people's minds at rest I mean it sounds like it's something you possibly could do yourself but having a designer I guess is going to make it a lot quicker and yeah a lot more and effective yeah you're right and um this stage can often be a stage where um people will try and cut corners and um approach manufacturers direct and in my experience it's often where they waste a lot of time and money because they kind of try to cut that stage out and think okay i'll maybe go ahead and speak with a, a manufacturer I'll maybe send them photographs of what I'm looking for and try and put something together in terms of you know things like notes etc try and um, communicate to the manufacturer what they're looking for and it often just leads to really disastrous attempts at you know samples and then people have lost maybe months trying to get something done they've paid for samples they don't work and then they have to go back to the very beginning again so it can be a, a difficult thing to try and navigate yourself. And I, yeah, the only experience I have of this actually is I had a client who was looking for someone to make seamless leggings, well, seamless sportswear, but one of the things he wanted mm. was leggings, they had to be seamless. So it's the only small bit of experience I had working with him is we quickly realised that not all factories had the capacity to make seamless garments. Um, yeah. And he had tech packs. So I know, I know um, what a tech pack is and looks like actually, because he did have them, which was really useful. And it did mean we were able to, to sort of rule rule people out really quickly yeah. because they were able to look at the tech packs and say no we can't do this yeah yeah and you know that's a, a, a brilliant example that you've touched upon you know because certain factories will have um you know certain machinery and technology that's able to do certain types of um garments etc so and what sometimes you might end up finding is um, you know, not one factory can make your whole collection for you. You know, you might have to split that across a couple of 
different factories depending on their specialism and what type of product you're using but your your tech packs are great to be able to identify that in you know a, a couple of emails speaking to someone you know they'll they'll let you know if they can or can't do something so it's it's a good way of being able to test the water with potential suppliers. Thank you. And how comfortable um, should you feel with sending your tech pack out to suppliers? As in, is there a danger that somebody's going to take your information from that and run with it? Or does that not happen? Yeah, how do you how do you suggest approaching that? Yeah, it's a question I get asked a lot, because I think people are, are worried about, you know, their IP and copyright issues, etc. Generally, people don't want to copy you until you're famous in the fashion industry or you're doing something that sells really really well and they think okay that's a great idea we should be doing that um so you can obviously cover yourself as well with things like NDAs um and also making sure that you have um you know copyright on your designs etc so there are things that you can do to try and minimize that risk um but yeah generally speaking you know factories are not most of them are not going to run off with your with your ideas um yeah it tends to be larger brands that unfortunately the the copyright issues happen with okay thank you for that and um i'm sorry because i've probably taken you completely off track so i'll let you pick up um, (laughs) so yeah we were just talking about this sort of implementation stage and, and things that you might have to consider at this so we've we have actually touched upon some of that so at this stage, you'll want to start doing things like um, researching fabrics and trims. You know, if there's something very specific that you want to use in your in your collection, so that might be um, relating back to some of those brand values. So let's say you're um, creating a sustainable brand or you have something that you want to make um, your garments out of that that's very specific, then you might want to do some further research into um, sourcing those fabrics and trims yourself. Some factories will do that for you. So it, again, it just depends what kind of factory you're looking to use and what kind of business model you're looking at in terms of getting things manufactured. Um, also, thinking about you know doing lots of research around your manufacturers you touched upon you know the the seamless leggings example so yeah it's really not a one-size-fits-all and unfortunately there's lots of legwork to be done in this you know and there's it's not really a a, there's not a, a quick solution to that there's lots of research involved and um you know lots of conversations and making sure that you get a really great fit with your chosen supplier and so at that stage that's when you would be looking to obtain things like quotations or prices for both sampling and um, production before you then start to go ahead Um, and then at that stage I guess is where you would start to really um, work with factories so first of all you'd want to place some sample orders you'd want to get some prototypes made um, and see how they work. You know, it's a good idea at this stage to have a think about sampling at a couple of different factories, you know, so um, having a look at, you know, what was the overall process like of working with them? What is their quality like? And also how does that reflect in terms of the prices? Um, And also you might want to think about potentially looking at a couple of different manufacturers in Um, different parts of the world as well you know seeing how that reflects on price as well Um, so 
so yeah once you've got your samples back then that's up to you to kind of do things like approvals and fit sessions and go over all of the QC side of things and just make sure that your samples are working well um, and you'll have an opportunity to amend this and um, the sampling process is really there to kind of pick up on things that aren't quite right, it gives you an opportunity to perfect your garments, etc. Um, and you would feed back all of that information to the factory and then start again your um, getting your production done from there. So that's kind of like a really quick whistle-stop way of um, having a look at how to bring something to the production stage. Um, and then after that, you're then looking at, you know, what, what happens now? You've got your product. How are you going to get that out there? So I guess that's where you would start to really think about all of your marketing side of things. So doing things like, you know, are you going to work with influencers or will you have brand ambassadors for your brand? You know, will you work on social media for some of that? And um, so thinking about things like getting your collection um, photo shoot done so you've got promotional um, images to send out for marketing material um, you might be looking to sell third party as well so you might be looking to wholesale your products getting into you know maybe another retailer maybe it's a small boutique maybe it's a large retailer um, also having to think about you know our, our trade shows something that you might go down the route of to getting your product out there to a wider audience and thinking about working with um, buyers, etc., and then also having to think about, you know, how how else are you going to extend that reach of your product? You know, so will you get involved in things like pop up events or retail collaborations or anything like that? It's all around building your brand awareness, really, and then sort of learning from what you have done in that first season. You know, learning from what's worked very well and reviewing what hasn't. Well, thank you so much for that. And that's a great overview. And I know you have a download available as well, don't you, that talks through the stages? Yes, I do. And um, that's available through my website. So you can just pop over there and there's um, a little pop up that comes up. You just fill in your email address and that, that can get sent over to you. So, yeah, it's a bit like a checklist and gives people lots of pointers. So a good understanding of what to expect if you're at the very beginning that's perfect thank you and so useful so I'll make sure I link to that in the show notes for this episode as well so people can find that really easily um just coming back to the manufacturing side if you don't mind Michelle I'm just really interested in your advice on sort of finding factories and whether I'm whether it's similar to other products so I mean do you suggest people you know go to google or are there other ways of of finding um manufacturers and factories and I guess you know part of that is how to know where to look because I I've been told and you can tell me whether this is right or not there are certain countries that do certain garments very well so I've been told that Europe are quite good for I think it was Portugal I was told was quite good for sportswear and I've I've heard these things sort of anecdotally um no idea if they're true or not so I'd love your take on that please yeah definitely well you're spot on with with what you're saying Vicky about different countries being good at sort of different um, types of garment product areas, but also um, depending also on what your raw materials are as well. So let's say, for example, if you're going to be doing something that's, um, you know, a cotton-based range, then India is a great place for for that type of product as well. So um, it's all about doing your research and working out 
where is going to be the best fit for your product so there's lots of different things that come into that so obviously price is one thing so um you know have a lot of um clients that want to maybe work with a factory closer to home to begin with um but sometimes you know like here in the uk manufacturing is more expensive than if you're doing offshore production etc so it's all about weighing up what you're looking to achieve essentially and then working your way back from that so going back to um what you were asking about where to find factories so yeah google is a great one what i would suggest is that you get very specific if you're googling so you know don't just put in you know fashion factory portugal you know categorize that into what kind of product you're um you're manufacturing sometimes as well factories will even specialize in genders as well you know so some factories will only manufacture women's wear or men's wear um also a great one which is obviously a little bit difficult at the minute during the pandemic but going to supplier trade shows and i actually prefer this and um always recommend this to to clients because it's it's you get so much more done in one day than you ever will trying to google lots and lots of different factories you know so you can attend um trade shows where lots of buyers sorry lots of factories and suppliers will come and they will um show different products that they already manufacture for other clients etc and you can have you know one-to-one -one time with them you can talk about things like minimum order quantities pricing um you know will they work with startup brands etc because that's sometimes a little bit of a sticking point so a trade show is a brilliant place to pick up suppliers and you can get you know get round and and speak to lots of different people in a very short amount of time and have answers whereas sometimes when you're just firing off emails all of the time it takes a long time you know for people to get back to you etc so i would definitely recommend that as your first um port of call for trying to find suppliers um obviously when we when we can do that again in person but yeah i would say being specific is the key to sort of trying to do it on google um there are also lots of different websites that have um suppliers in their database so there's a great um website called make it british that um you know sh uh, showcases lots of uk suppliers etc um so yeah there's lots of different ways that you can you can find factories but i think the key to it is being very specific and working out what it is that you actually need in the first place and then it just sort of saves on time you know you're not wasting lots of time speaking to people that are not going to be relevant to your brand thank you so much that's really helpful and i really like the idea of the trade shows because i think also it kind of gives you an opportunity to meet the people and decide if they're people you want to work with because i think the relationship is so important especially if you're looking for it to be a long-term thing so that's really yeah. nice too to actually sort of meet somebody and have a face and just see whether you get on and you understand each other and that kind of thing definitely because i think the relationship is is really key you know and i always say to to clients it it's definitely a two-way thing you know you've got to want to work with the factory and, and vice versa and um yeah having those conversations and actually meeting people and seeing what they've produced for for other companies etc it's, it's really really useful and also it's it's great you know afterwards if you're following this up you know just to have 
that connection already to say, you know, we, we saw each other at whichever trade show, do you remember? And, you know, it sort of strikes that relationship, um, starts that relationship going. So, yeah, I totally agree. Oh, thank you. Um, so I have one more question just about the process side of things, if that's okay, which is, are there sure. any like regulatory things you need to be aware of if you're looking to, to work in fashion? Um, you know, any like regulations or things that you just, that it's just worth somebody knowing? Yeah, there are. It's a little bit of a minefield, um, that one, because it depends on um, number one, where you're retailing your products and um, number two, what kind of products you're actually selling. So um, a great example is there are lots and lots of rules and regulations around children's wear and baby wear. Um, so there are things that you definitely have to adhere to in terms of safety, you know, so things like, um, you know, how you how long you make draw cords and what kind of attachment things like buttons and trims have, you know, so um, just making sure that all of your products are safe. So something's not going to, you know, be a choking hazard or anything like that. So children's wear is probably, I would say, the biggest area that there are lots of specific um, standards that products have to meet um, if you're looking for anything to do with that type of thing then the trading standards in the UK is a brilliant place to start and they're really really helpful um, and I think pretty much every county in the UK has their own sort of department um, and yeah they're, they're really really helpful in sort of giving you guidance and putting you in touch with people that you need to speak to so that's a really great resource if people are trying to sort of navigate their way through that also there's probably an element of when you're working with a designer they'll be able to give you some guidance and advice on um, general things but then it would be up to you as a brand to you know do any specific testing and um and things like that yeah and um, there are also um regulations around things like what kind of chemicals are in um, different items in the garment. So that might be in the components like zips or um, buttons, trims, that type of thing, kinds of dyes that are used, etc. And um, there are lots of different regulations which are specifically associated with um, selling in certain types of retailers. So say, for example, if you're looking to potentially get some of your products into a supermarket then there are lots of hoops that you need to jump through but the retailer would be able to sort of specify which standards your products have to come up to so it's quite a complex area but um yeah it really depends on what kind of product you're um you're producing and where you're selling it well thank you for that and yeah I, I had a feeling it might be quite a big question but thank you that's that's a great answer and it just sounds like a lot of research is needed and also the, the more we speak the more I think having a designer to work with sounds invaluable because obviously they're going to have so much knowledge and so much experience um, that they can at least point you in the right direction even if they don't necessarily have all of the answers um, yeah sounds like something you definitely need so um I'm trying to think where to go from here Michelle how about what how about um what do you think there are some great reasons to create a fashion brand so who do you think can do it um and why might somebody want to yeah um I probably see the sort of similar patterns in clients that come to me so um one of the main reasons is 
people that have identified a gap in the market for something. So maybe they have, you know, they wish that they could buy something specific and they can't find it. And so that spurs them on to think, okay, do you know what? I'm going to actually create this myself. And often um, that also kind of spills over into a level of innovation and improvement. So maybe again, people have specific things that they want to buy and what's currently out there in the marketplace just kind of isn't up to scratch or doesn't you know do the job that they wish it did so um if you have uh, an idea for for something like a product or a brand that centers around that and you've identified that gap in the market then i think you're on to a winner with something because if you've identified that gap then there are you know hundreds of thousands of other people out there that or having the exact same issue you know so um i love clients that have that sort of real drive and passion because they think you know i really want to be able to buy something i can't so i'm going to do that myself so that's one really great reason to do it um i also think that there's probably been a bit of a shift i would say over the last 10 years really in entrepreneurialism in general um so i don't know about you vicky but when i was at school self-employment i think was always seen as this sort of very risky move you know and um being employed in a nine-to-five as being the very safe option but i think we're kind of moving away from that and people are seeing that there are options open to them to potentially change career or follow something you know, that they've had their heart set on for a long, long time, you know, and um, I see these with, you know, real passion projects all the time. People have been thinking about this in the background and then they've decided to take that risk, you know, and that their hope and idea is that they'll potentially, you know, change career direction and make this business into something that transforms the lives of, you know, themselves and their, their families. So I think that's a really amazing result to see you know clients that do do that and and follow that dream and kind of go through that experience of um you know thinking yeah I'm, go I'm gonna take this risk and I'm gonna make something um that's amazing out of this and also because of recent um experiences with the pandemic etc I think a lot of people have just sort of been reassessing what's important to them in life you know so people have had a bit more time to think about things whether that's their own personal situation um so a lot of people have kind of found, found themselves on furlough or maybe they've you know unfortunately lost their job or something like that being made redundant um so i think people are now sort of seeing that that general nine to five being employed is maybe not the safe option after all and this is sort of making people reassess what they really want out of life so if there's something in the back of your mind that you really want to follow and really want to explore then I would definitely encourage you to do that you know and um, I'm seeing a, a lot of clients that are that are going down that route and um, the pandemic's kind of been the the um, the, the kick up the bum that they've needed for it you know so it's nice to see that's so interesting. Thank you for that. I mean, it's really interesting and probably not surprising that it sounds like um, people go to you and, and 
for exactly the same reasons that I see people come to me for different kinds of products. Um, majority of the time, it's either something they're really passionate about, um, and often that it, part of that is that it's the thing that they've wanted that they need and they just don't have in their lives, so they've decided to create it. It sounds, yeah, really similar. I suppose that um, we shouldn't be surprised by that either, because I think you kind of almost need a personal reason to sort of get behind something because it's not an easy thing to embark on whatever kind of product you're looking to create whether it's a fashion product or anything else so I guess it makes complete yeah. sense that there needs to be like a real personal drive to to push through and, and go on with it because it's quite a commitment it is and um yeah that's the thing it's you know not only in the sort of time commitments but also financial risks as well you know but if you have something that you really believe in and that you're passionate about then I think that's half the battle with with something like this. Um, and also, it kind of gives you a bit more of an edge as well, you know, because if you're with, I'm not sure about other industries and products, but with fashion brands, you know, if you're just sort of looking to do this because you want to be the next ASOS or something like that, it's very, very difficult to break into that type of market. But if you've got quite a unique product, that you know that there's a, de a demand for because it's you know whatever is out there is either not living up to you know how it should be or it's, it just doesn't exist then you know you've you've definitely got that um you know leg up on on somebody that's just kind of wanting to put more of the same product out there I definitely find that of other products as well and I always there's, there's a real difference um, often between the people who have a product they're passionate about and people who are selling something because they want to make money and they don't really mind what they're selling yeah. they want to sell whatever's you know at the top of the Amazon bestseller list and often yeah there's a real difference to how people I mean you can do very well with that approach I'm, I'm not saying you can't but often it's not yeah. like a long-term success often they then have to sort of pivot and, and look for a different product because maybe that product was fashionable or um, mm. popular for a while but then it becomes something else whereas I think if you're doing something to meet a need then presumably that need's always going to be there and you've got a product that that meets yeah. that exactly and I also think it's the difference between creating you know what what I want to call a real brand as opposed to you know a company that's selling product it, it's very very different you know and going back to what I was saying early on about this sort of idea of really researching your brand researching your product and researching your competitors all of all of that is going to give you so much longevity you know in a year's time you're still going to be doing what you do and producing um products that you're really passionate about and you want to get behind as opposed to that sort of get rich quick scheme yeah yeah I'm nodding along because um, a few weeks ago I interviewed a PR expert for this podcast as well and the, the one thing she said that really stuck with me is about identifying sort of your why um, and being able to articulate that because she was talking about how customers can resonate if you say I had this problem and so I created this problem this product whether it's a garment or something else that's a story you can get behind that's a human interest thing the press might be interested in it people can relate to you um, yeah. whereas if you just say oh I did this because I wanted to make some money you're unlikely to make that same connection so yeah. yeah I mean I'm I'm totally with you I I think I'm not saying I'm not saying not to do it to make money because of course it, you know if you, if that's what you want to yeah. do that's fine but I agree with you about the longevity definitely and yeah. it, I think it's hard to build a, a brand around a, a product that you don't have any kind of connection to yeah 
definitely um so you touched earlier about sort of the obviously as well as the time commitment obviously that the financial side of launching a fashion brand um and right at the very beginning you also mentioned funding so I just wondered what options are there for funding when you're launching a brand yeah so a couple of different routes that most people take so number one I guess is the obvious one of of self-funding so um you know saving up the cash yourself and, and getting behind that um that's not always possible for people so um tends to be um the next step would be probably to think about a loan so whether that's a, a bank loan or an investment loan so getting somebody else on board a third party whether that's somebody that you know personally or um somebody like you know an investment angel something like that and that could potentially put some capital into your business um and you know get get behind what you're trying to do the other thing to really consider as well is crowdfunding so that's becoming absolutely huge at the moment and um it is very popular amongst fashion brands i think there's a way to go about it that you know sort of guarantees you a bit more success than than others and i think with anything where you're looking to get a third party interested in any level invest of investment whether that's in terms of um an actual investor or some something like crowdfunding i think first of all you have to show that you have a level of commitment in that to to begin with so the best way to get that interest is to actually self-fund the first initial processes so do all of your designs and start getting into the sampling stages so get some prototypes made so then people can get behind your idea a bit more because I think there's a huge difference once people can see an actual physical product and they understand what it is that you're trying to do, whether that's in terms of the quality or the ethics or whatever it is that's specific and different about the product that you're trying to create. And you'll have a lot more success then with something like a crowdfunding campaign if you can show people what it is that you're looking to produce. That makes total sense. And I guess as well, it, they can also see your commitment and, you know, you've put in so much work so far. It also, I guess, makes it a bit more viable because I, I guess something I, I sometimes feel about crowdfunding is you don't actually know whether the thing is going to make it to production, you know, whatever yeah. it is. But if someone's put in, you know, so much work that they've got samples and they've gone so far, it makes it that much more likely. And I'm sure that must help with getting people to get behind you as well, because it's not just an idea. They can actually see, OK, they've put some work in. They're obviously committed to this. Definitely. And it also helps people visualise what you're trying to do, you know, because sometimes you might have that vision. And if you're just at the design stage and you've got a brilliant idea, no matter how great that idea is, it can be hard to translate that for other people to see and to to really get behind. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. You It really does help people sort of have a bit more confidence in what you're doing. And, you know, if you don't have if you don't have that confidence to think, okay, I'm going to take that risk and invest some money in this, then there's sort of questions about whether you should be asking other people to make similar risks. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, So just a few questions before we finish off, Michelle. I'd love to know, so in what ways can you help people and what are some of the different options um, people have if they listen to this and they think, actually, I'd really like to work with Michelle, I, I could do with some help? Yeah, definitely. So if you're at the very beginning and you're looking to launch a fashion brand, I 
have um, a program called the Fashion Startup Academy. So it's a 12 week program where um, you self study through 12 modules. Um, right from the very beginning, so all the research side of things about your brand and your customer and your products, etc. And then learning how to do things like choose what type of factory to work with, whereabouts in the world you should manufacture, thinking about the sampling process and the production and then um, things like funding and, and the business. And then you also get one-to-one -one time with me on that as well. So every week we catch up and just sort of talk through, you know, how this works with your brand and make sure that you're... Um, progressing okay with that so yeah the fashion startup academy and then I also offer mentoring so um, you can book in for mentoring sessions if you want to have you know in-depth one-to-one about your brand specifically so that's suitable for both startups or if you're already an established brand maybe you've just launched maybe things aren't going quite as well as you want that to be um, and we can have a look at, you know, what maybe needs addressing in your business, etc. And then the third um, way that I can help people is actually through the design process. So if you're somebody at the very beginning and you have lots of raw ideas and you think, OK, I really want to get some of these um, ideas to a factory, then I can take those raw ideas and put them into um, the tech packs for you So get those into a format that a factory can understand so you can start getting things like quotations and samples. That's amazing. Thank you. And I'm assuming everything's available via your website so I can link to that in the show yes, notes and people yes. can go over and take a look. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And just one final question, Michelle, if that's okay. So what would your number one piece of advice be for somebody who's looking to start up a fashion brand? Um, yeah, so I would probably say do your homework before you leap in because I see time and time again people kind of just going in um, thinking that they can cut corners and just sort of jumping ahead of themselves so have a plan do your research and go slow because I think that's that's the key kind of doing things in the right order making sure that you've got a plan instead of just going ahead and jumping ahead and trying to um, do things too fast and then wasting lots of time and money okay that's really helpful thank you well thank you so much for everything that you've shared um yeah it's been brilliant I didn't obviously I knew there was a lot that went into it but I think you've given us like a really good overview and made it so much more actionable and just yeah just taken away some of the fear I think of how on earth you would approach this and what you need to do so thank you so much um oh, i'll link you. your website and i'll link to your download as well because that sounds like a great first resource for anyone wanting some help and yeah thank you again oh thanks vicky So as always, thank you so much for listening right to the end of this podcast. Um, Michelle and I both really appreciate that. Um, if you have any feedback on the episode, any questions, you can always contact me. It's vicky at tinychipmunk.com. Um, please do remember to leave a review for the podcast. If you have a few minutes, it literally only takes seconds to leave a star rating in whichever um, podcast player you're listening in. Um, if you haven't already, also please do subscribe and then you'll get every new episode as it's released. So thank you so much. And 
I'm looking forward to sharing another amazing interview with you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.